everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I wanted to go a little deeper into the SAD cycle, aka the cycle of stress, anxiety, and depletion that are keeping you stuck, anxious, and ultimately from stepping into that deeper purpose or mission that you have in life. In my experience with myself and with working from people from all over the world, I've observed and realized that we can't fully step into our purpose or you know that big mission we have from a space of dysregulation. So we need to first balance the doshas, regulate the nervous system, get into integrity in the body and mind, and then from that space of clarity and integrity, step powerfully into our mission and into our purpose. So in this episode, I'm going to go deeper into what causes that stress that you're experiencing and the different types of stress that there are, because ultimately this is the catalyst for the rest of the sad cycle. I'm going to be sharing the role that Vata Dosha plays inside of the sad cycle and how it actually perpetuates it. Then I'm going to go into anxiety and explore how anxiety is actually a manifestation and a result of the stress that we're experiencing and how depletion or exhaustion is actually the end result of all of those things. And then I'll share with you some tips to get out of the sad cycle ASAP. As with everything Yogi Fuel, we're going to explore what Ayurveda says about the sad cycle, and we're also going to look at what science is saying about the sad cycle and use both of these knowledge bodies to come to a deeper and more clear understanding of what happens. So I hope you enjoy the podcast and let's get listening. I wanted to go over the sad cycle with you today. And just sort of expand on this idea and on this concept, because it's certainly something that I've been through. It's certainly something that I see a lot of my clients go through and I see a lot of them struggle with. And so based on everyone's feedback yesterday, I would, I would offer that many of you might be experiencing that cycle of stress, anxiety, and depletion. And this was something, I mean, the, the term sad cycle, which is in and of itself, it's a, it's a sad cycle. We don't want to be in the sad cycle. Okay. Who wants to be in a cycle that's called the sad cycle? Okay. No one wants to be in that kind of cycle. Um, even, you know, in its acronym name. Right. Um, but this kind of came about because something that I noticed with most of the people that I was working with was that they struggled with three kind of common things. They were highly stressed. They had a lot of anxiety and not even necessarily like clinical anxiety, like hello, 2020 that brought out anxiety in pretty much everyone. It was like this high functioning level of anxiety where they were able to go about their day and complete like basic daily tasks. But by the end of the day, they were so exhausted that they didn't have room left in their life for anything else. And so I started to see that stress, anxiety, overwhelm, and like exhaustion, like they were all kind of going together. And I was like, super curious about this. And by the way, what sort of is in alignment with this is like the digestive issues. Like every person that I was working with was like anxious. They were stressed. Their digestion was a hot mess. They were exhausted. And I started to see how these things were going together. And I started to like observe this sort of pattern. And what I observed in most of these people was this underlying, and I speak about this a lot, and I feel like I need to keep reiterating this and hitting this home because when we intersect like East meets West and we look at the science, but we look at Ayurveda, what I can see so clearly beneath everything is this like Vata dosha imbalance. 
So I want to elaborate a little bit more, like I said, on the sad cycle today and like what that looks like for you in the context of you and your life and give you some practical tips and things that you can do to, um, ultimately support you in getting out of the sad cycle. Because like I said, nobody wants to be all up in the sad cycle. (laughs) So, um, yeah, no one wants to be all up in the sad cycle. So we'll start with stress. So the, the, the way that I see this is that stress is sort of like that first trigger. We experience stress in our life, by the way, in a variety of different ways. Right. And sometimes we think about stress as like, oh, stress is like, oh, like I'm at work and I'm experiencing this. I'm experiencing this really stressful thing. Like my boss is on my back or, you know, oh, like my kids are really, oh, like yelling at me, right? We have this idea of what stress is, but stress actually looks a variety of different ways. Stress is anything that essentially challenges the body. We have good stress, by the way, we've used stress, which is good. Anything that challenges the body, right? Um, That ultimately can make us more resilient, but we can have negative stress in the sense that it challenges the body too much where we're not able to meet that demand. And when we're not able to meet that demand and we don't have the resilience and we don't have the resources to handle what it is that's coming at us, we start to go into a space of overwhelm or anxiety. And so, like I said, we sometimes think that stress is this one thing. Oh, it's my boss. Who's on my back. It's, oh, this person's nagging at me. Oh, I have so many things to do. It is that, but it's also things like we're not giving ourselves enough break. We're overstimulated right? We have so much information coming into us from the outside world via the news, via Facebook, via social media. We are always maybe working. We're, we're chronically stimulated. That is stressful to the nervous system. So there's this very real, like psychological stress that comes as a result of being overstimulated. It can also happen in the physical body as a result of inflammation. So stress, like high stress, like anxiety, for example, we look at the gut brain axis and we know that, um, perceived stress in the brain, something that makes us feel stressful creates inflammation in the body, but inflammation in the body causes physiological stress. Inflammation is stressful on our physiology. So we have both mental stresses and we both have physiological stresses and they actually sort of affect us in the same way, because we know from the gut brain axis that those physiological stresses that, um, if we have inflammation in the digestive system, it creates leaky gut, it creates inflammation globally, which actually messes with the blood brain barrier, which creates, you know, the secretion of cortisol. And it creates, you know, this whole psychological situation where we can really clearly see the connection between the physical body and the mind. And so stress is not just a mind made phenomenon. It's not just a body phenomenon. It's actually a mind body phenomenon. And this is the cool and interesting thing about Ayurveda, right? Is that Ayurveda has always acknowledged this connection between the body and the mind, right? It's always acknowledged this. And what I see with like many of the people that I work with is that many of the things that are causing stress are things that are either increasing Vata dosha or that perhaps it is. And it's sometimes hard to say what came first, like the chicken or the egg, right? It's like, is our lifestyle, the way that we're living, the things that we're doing, that we're participating in, are those things aggravating Vata dosha or was Vata dosha already high and causing us to sort of act in this way? And, you know, for example, in Ayurveda, we talk about this concept of like attracts like and opposites balance. So was the already high Vata dosha, you know, um, 
causing us to seek out more, you know, moving things and more stimulus and more stimulus and more stimulus, or were we already living in a Vata aggravated way? And that was, and that was the catalyst to, you know, aggravate Vata dosha. We don't necessarily know, probably chances are it was something that we were doing. It could have been a traumatic event. It could have just been hashtag 2020. It could have been, you know, any number of things, but the fact remains that what I see with so many people that the, that the root of their stress is actually this aggravated vata, this, this aggravated pitta, or even what we might say is rajas. And I've got tons of, I won't go into this in great detail here. Cause it'll, it'll just, it'll go on forever, but you know, I have so many great lives and podcasts about the connection between rajas and the sympathetic nervous system, right? Basically when we are in a stress response, we are in a high sympathetic state. Okay. That can be associated with rajas, which is the guna, the mahaguna that's associated with movement, with stimulation. And we can also say that that in some cases can be associated with an aggravated vata dosha because vata dosha is the dosha that rules over the nervous system. So if vata is out of whack, it's going to cause the nervous system to be out of whack. Right. And if rajas is high, it's going to cause excess stimulation, which is going to aggravate vata, which is going to aggravate the sympathetic nervous system. If you see where I'm going. So it's all very, very connected. And so what I began to see was that stress, right? These high levels of stress, you know, that high cortisol, the high inflammatory load, this overstimulation, you know, stressful working situations, 2020, all of the things, this actually leads to anxiety, right? Anxiety being like the result of all of the stress, the inability rather to cope with the stress resulting in physical and mental overwhelm. And again, if you've heard me talk about, you know, the window of tolerance inside of, you know, the uh, polyvagal theory model inside of modern science. It's like when we reach this, when sympathetic activation, when vata dosha gets so out of balance that it pushes us out of our window of tolerance, we get into overwhelm and we get into anxiety. This is where we can experience both physical and mental overwhelm, right? We might have feelings of fear, feelings of nervousness, feelings of overwhelm, feelings of, oh my God, there's just so much to do. And we get in this, in this cycle, again, if we're in the space of high vata, it's like, like attracts like all that overwhelm, like I can experience in myself. Um, and this is a huge reason why I love to start my day for the first, like one to two hours. Like I do not touch my phone. I love to keep my phone away for the first two hours of the day. And I don't touch my phone for the, you know, at least one hour before bed, ideally two, because what I notice, and like, let me know in the comments, if you're listening to this in a podcast form, let me know. in like the DMS, if like, when I start on the social media, it is really hard to stop you start and you scroll and you scroll. And it's like, there is this, you know, you, you, you like want more of it. And for me, that's like the Vata dosha. That's the wind, the chaos that wants to consume, consume, consume. So when we're outside that, you know, let's call it window of tolerance and we're pushed into overwhelm, we're pushed into anxiety. It sort of feeds the Vata. It's this like self-fulfilling thing, right? It's self-fulfilling prophecy, self-fulfilling thing. And to me, right, when I look at, you know, anxiety, getting pushed into that anxiety, this is a result of this high level of Vata dosha. And then those actions continue to increase Vata dosha if we don't have the language and we don't have the ability to identify that, right? If we don't know, oh my gosh, what's happening is Vata dosha. If we don't have that awareness, we just continue to stay in this cycle over and over and over again. And we learn more about these cool things we can do. But ultimately, if we don't identify that what's happening is a Vata imbalance, if we don't identify that what's happening is an aggravated nervous system. If we can't identify that, we're going to stay stuck because we're going to be trying to do, I think, I think I said this in, um, in a live a little while ago, it's like, we're going to be trying to clean up our house in the middle of a tornado. That's not going to be helpful. You're going to pick one thing up. And then by the time that you've put it away, 25 other things are going to be on the floor and all over the place because the tornado is still there. The wind is still out of balance. 
we're still out of whack, so to speak. Right. I think that's so important to know. Right. And as you can imagine, when we are in the space of high levels of stress and anxiety and overwhelm, what is inevitable? A crash, what goes up, 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 up must come down. And the higher and the more quickly we go up, the harder and faster we come down, the harder and faster we burn out, the harder and faster we get into depletion. And I see depletion and fatigue is a result of all of the stress and the anxiety of the Vata dosha. That tornado is not going to last forever, but when it calms down, it's going to come down hard. And you're going to be left with this like physical, mental, emotional burnout, right? We can look at this as like a high sympathetic response resulting in that boom, that parasympathetic crash. We talk about this in Ayurveda as well. It's like excess rajas, right? Burning like rajas being that movement, right? Continuing to move rajas can lead to tamas or burnout. And this is what I see so much in so many people. They're stressed. They're anxious. They're all up in their head. They're all up in the tornado, all up in the overwhelm of all of the things. And they stay in that cycle. They don't know how to get out of that cycle and they crash and they burn and then they're tired. And then what happens is we feel, and again, share with me, if you can relate to this is you feel like really shitty. You feel really bad about yourself. You've really down because you've got these goals and you've got this vision and you've got this mission and aspiration. And you're like so close, you know, but you feel like it's just escaping you because you're freaking tired. And it's like, part of you wants to honor your body. Part of you wants to honor that fatigue. You know, you don't want to push through and and all of that, but it doesn't feel in alignment. So you keep trying and you keep pushing that cycle and you keep pushing that cycle and you keep trying to do these things. But what you're totally missing is this underlying energy of Vata Dosha. That's actually at the root of everything. I feel like this is, was a huge aha moment for me. And like personally, <laughs> and sort of, again, bridging that gap between the East and the West, bridging the gap between the Vata Dosha, right? Vata Dosha as the wind element, uh, which ultimately rules over the nervous system and understanding that like, really what this is, is like nervous system dysregulation, right? This is like a high level overview of what it is. Of course, there's like a hormonal component. There's like, you know, physiological component and all of that, but ultimately it lies in the nervous system and an overstimulated nervous system. And until we get into integrity in our nervous system, until we calm Vata Dosha, until we balance Vata Dosha, we're going to struggle. We're going to stay stuck in the sad cycle. We're going to stay stuck in this. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. Oh my God. Right. Imagine, right. Like you've got this stressful thing that's happening. Let's even just say it's this thing at work and you've got this thing and Stressful things are going to keep happening. That's the reality. Like we cannot control what happens outside of ourselves. We can, however, control our ability to react and respond, but our ability to appropriately react and respond relies on a level of resilience within the nervous system and a balanced Vata dosha. We can't respond properly in the middle of a tornado. Imagine actually use this visual for yourself. You're in a tornado. You're like, Whoa, you're like swirling around in this tornado. Okay. And someone's like, Hey, can you just do this thing? And you're like, yeah, I'll do that thing. You can't do that thing. You're in a tornado. Of course you can't do that thing. So first we have to calm the tornado. We need to balance and pacify the tornado. We need to regulate the nervous system because you're going to keep trying to do things inside of this whirlwind tornado of Vata dosha. And you're going to keep feeling like you're failing. You're going to keep feeling like you're struggling. You're going to keep feeling like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to give up. Cause obviously this isn't for me. Obviously I wasn't meant to do X, Y, and Z. Obviously it's just too hard. You know what? I'm just one of those people. I'm willing to bet you're not one of those people. I'm willing to bet you absolutely have it within you to do whatever it is that you desire to do, but you're trying to do it inside of a tornado. If we learn to calm the tornado, watch what unfolds and watch what happens, but we need to calm that tornado first. Okay. And so learning to calm that tornado, learning to balance Vata Dosha, this requires a multidimensional bio-individual approach. Okay. So 
one of the things I'm so grateful for learning and one of the things that I see people struggle with all the time is they're kind of only doing like one piece of the puzzle. This is where I see many of the people I work with are practitioners of yoga. Yoga is amazing. I love yoga. I think yoga is awesome. And that's one piece of the puzzle of balancing Vata Dosha, right? Because this takes into consideration, right? When we're truly balancing Vata Dosha, we need to consider what are we eating, right? What are the foods that we're eating? Are they Vata? And just because something is healthy or clean doesn't necessarily mean that that's actually going to support Vata Dosha. We need to be mindful of the qualities and elements and attributes of the food that we're eating, right? To make sure that they're Vata balancing and supportive for Vata versus aggravating for Vata. For example, a cold salad is not, even though that's a healthy food, is that helpful for Vata Dosha? Probably not. It's cold. It's, you know, crunchy. It can be rough, right? It can be right. It can be a little bit cold. It's not great for uh, Vata Dosha. We need to take into consideration our lifestyle. Generally speaking, if you have a, you know, devoted asana practice, that's great. Um, and maybe your lifestyle revolves around that, but what are you doing off the mat, right? What does your lifestyle look like beyond the asana? What is, what do you look like? And what is your energy inside the asana? Are you doing your practice in a very Vata aggravated way? Do you feel like you're literally being swallowed up in the tornado during your practice? Like, what does the energy of that look like? What breath practices are you doing? Because again, I say this all the time, Kapalabhati breathing for someone in a tornado, it's probably going to aggravate the tornado, right? So we want to be mindful. What are the practices that we're doing? Are they pacifying Vata dosha or are they aggravating Vata dosha? Are you meditating, right? We need to employ the full scope of Ayurvedic healing, right? Which is essentially what we do inside of embodied Ayurveda, right? We literally walk through the step-by-step approach to cultivating a lifestyle to cultivating a life where you live in natural alignment with, I mean, right now it might be pacifying Vata dosha, but once we've pacified Vata dosha, right? Once we've gotten into integrity with that energy, that's out of balance, we can call that Rikriti. So once we've pacified the doshas, which are out of balance, we then come into radical alignment with what, who we are, what is your nature? You were born with a dosha. I get so many messages from people. I can't even tell you who are like, Hey, can I take your dosha quiz? Cause I feel, I thought I was kapha, but now I'm feeling like I'm a bit more, you know, vata. Well, it's not that you've necessarily changed your constitution doesn't really change, but your external factors certainly change. And we're always operating and we're always um, balancing with what's, what's within with what's without. So if your external circumstances are changing and you're feeling stress and all these things are happening, of course, it's going to increase Vata Dosha in you, even if you're a Pitta Prakriti, even if you're a Kapha Prakriti, right? And especially if you're a Vata Prakriti, whoo, those things are going to increase that air in you because it's already there. It's already in excess, right? Or it's already, you know, in a greater quantity. So we need to understand what's going on right now. We need to work with what's happening in reality. What is going on right now? What are the balances? It might not be a full on huge Vata imbalance. Maybe it's a Pitta imbalance. Maybe it's a, you know, more of like a Rajas imbalance, whatever. We have to get to the, to the root of what that is, what is happening right now. And then we need to, you know, realign with that and then come back to like that true North, right? Like, who are you? What, what is your property? What is your nature? How can we help you and support you in living in radical alignment with that? and cultivating a life and cultivating, you know, and stepping into your purpose from that space. So many of the people I talk to, right. They're like, oh, you know, like, I just, I know I have this, this purpose, this thing, and I feel so close, but I don't fully know what it is. There's this, there's this, like, there's this thing that's missing and the missing piece isn't necessarily the what it's the who, who are you, who are you going to be as you're doing that thing? What is the unique thing that you're going to bring to whatever it is. Maybe you really want to be a yoga teacher. Maybe you are a yoga teacher and you want to grow your practice. You want to grow your, I say practice. I mean like your studio, you're following your students, whatever you want to help a certain type of people. 
who you're being, who you are, how you show up, that's who people are attracted to. Everyone's a yoga teacher. There's like more yoga teachers in the United States of America than there are real estate agents. Take that in for a second. So people aren't just looking for anyone and everyone. They're looking for you. There are people out there right now who need you. The you that was like incarnated on this planet. I'm getting woo here for a second, but it's true. The you that incarnated on this planet at this time with the unique elements and attributes that only you have, because no one else has walked your life in your shoes and had your direct experiences and your direct experiences, good, bad, ugly, overwhelming, almost, you know, died and overcame it. Those are the things. And those are, I hate to again, be like, everything happens for a reason, but those experiences have created who you are today and embodying that and stepping into that is what makes you, you, and is what makes people drawn to you. That's what the world needs. The universe, if we look at Sankhya, you are, this is going to, again, sound super fluffy. You are an individual portion of that infinite consciousness of that, like Mahat, right? That, that cosmic consciousness, you are an individualized portion of that. If we look at all of these ancient philosophies, we are the universe experiencing itself. Consciousness wants to experience itself and it doesn't want to experience itself the exact same way. Every time it's creating new infinite forms of itself, right? I'm reading metahuman. It's like mind boggling, right? You were created absolutely unique, absolutely unique. There is nobody out there on earth. Even if you had an exact twin who looked exactly like you, who popped out of the womb at the exact same time as you, you've deviated at some point in your life and had this experience and they had that experience. And now you're totally different. What I want to leave you with is that tapping into you and your truth and your property and the nature and the elements and attributes that make you, you is so important because that's the real work of helping you step into your purpose. And the really cool thing and why I love the way that embodied Ayurveda is set up is because it helps you get in alignment with who you are. It helps you to get an integrity with who you are, integrity in your body, in your mind, to balance those doshas, to balance those energies, to step radically into who you are. And from that place, when from that place of mind, body, integrity, we start to ask for, and we start to examine what our dharma is, what our purpose is, what we want to do with our life, explore. How do I want my business to look? How do I want this to look? When we do it from that place versus the place of like in a tornado, right? I'm gonna go back to that analogy. Imagine trying to like build, build your business in a tornado. Obviously that's not a good idea, <laughs> right? I love, I love visuals, right? So just, just visualize yourself for a second, right? Trying to build your business in a tornado. It's a shit show, but imagine instead you build from a place of clarity, from a place of sattva guna, from a place of alignment, from a place of this is who I am. And I'm amazing and I'm unique. And I have something really fucking awesome to offer the world, regardless of what that is. You could be a yoga teacher. You could be an author. You could be a coach, you could be whatever, right? The energy is so different. This is what we do in Embodied Ayurveda. This is my why. My why is supporting people in getting in radical integrity with their stress and anxiety, radical integrity in their body. So they can step into that mission that they know they have. So they can step into that purpose. They know that they have, that's my mission. That's my why. And so if that sounds like you, if you know, you're like close, if you know that there's this thing, if you're stuck, okay. If you feel stuck, in your own stress and anxiety. And it doesn't even have to look like crazy anxiety, crazy stress. It's like, you're just in this, like, uh, 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 uh. I'm not, I'm not taking the steps. I'm not where I want to be. Like, give yourself an honest look, but let's give ourselves grace. 2020 was a shit show. This also isn't me saying like, you need to overcome everything right now and just like step into greatness. Like it can take time. We can honor the pause. We can absolutely honor the pause. 
but get honest with yourself. And again, this isn't from a place of, cause I know that I hate when people are like, get honest with yourself. Like, is that what you want? You know, it's not me saying like, you should be better. You, you, you don't have to be anything. You don't have to be any which way you don't have to be ready right now. But if you do feel in your heart of hearts, you're ready. If you do feel you're like, you know what? Okay, no, this is my time. I'm ready. If you do feel that in your heart of hearts, embodied Ayurveda is probably for you. And I invite you to take a look at the program to take a look. I'll put a link in here. If you've heard me talk about it and you're like, oh, I know that this is what I need. I'll also place the link in the little um, show notes for you to book a call directly if you want. And if you just want to reach out in the DMs and have a conversation, I'm always open for that. But if you are feeling that inkling and you're feeling the pull and you're like, oh man, I think this is it, then this is totally for you. Um, and I invite you to apply. I invite you to inquire. Even if you have just a little ping, if you get a little ping, when I talk, this is what people say. They're like, I saw that, you know, I heard you say this thing and I just, I felt it. I felt it in my body. So if you feel it in your body, reach out literally zero pressure. Um, let's have a conversation and see if that's something that is right for you. And one last thing before I go, I will note that embodied Ayurveda, while it is a coaching program, it is a program that is about you. That is about understanding yourself and embodying, you know, your highest truth, your highest self, if you want to call it that it's also like a course, like you learn a ton. And this again is my, why I'm a huge believer in, um, I probably talked about this in other episodes as well. And other, you know, lives like this, I'm a huge believer in learning, in learning and understanding this wisdom and then embodying from a place of like deep understanding. Like for me, that's where like the magic happens. Like I know I need to understand things and then I'm like, oh yeah. And only when I truly fully understand it, can I then be like, okay, I can get down with this. So if you don't like learning, if this is not for you, if you're like, oh, I just want to be told what to do. Oh, I'm not interested. Like if you just want to be told what to do and you're not interested in diving deeper and doing the work, then this is totally not for you. But if you are curious, if you also want to learn about Ayurveda in a really unique, fully embodied way, and you want to deepen your experience of this, you want to deepen your experience of your practice. You want to step so friggin' powerfully and radically into that highest expression of you. And you're willing to do that work and you want to learn and you want to, you know, just really, truly have a deep transformation, then this is for you. But if not, then it is not for you. <laughs> That is all for now. Um, I hope that this was a really helpful live for you. I hope that this um, dove a little bit deeper into the sad cycle of stress, anxiety, and depletion. I hope that you now have a deeper understanding of like what we can do um, in order to really just reduce our level of stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. Hint, it's reduced vata dosha. That's, that's the tip, reduce vata dosha. We do that in so many different ways. Nutrition, you know, being mindful of the sensory impressions that we take in, we go into obviously like much greater detail on what that looks like for you as a unique individual inside of embodied Ayurveda. Um, and so I hope that was helpful. Have a wonderful Wednesday and I will see you later. Bye.